Welcome to the Paycom Podcast. We are medical management radio for the solo provider and small group physician practice. Paycom is where medicine meets entrepreneurship. Now, here's your host, Carter Lumen. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Medical Management Radio. I'm your host, Carter Lumen. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management. Today, we're going to talk about staying healthy during the COVID crisis, and my guest today is Dr. Frank Rasler. Dr. Rasler is an Atlanta-based emergency physician experienced in behavior modification, disease prevention, and medical legal consultation. Dr. Rasler, you encourage, advocate, and educate regarding the benefits of creating and maintaining long-term healthy habits. In the video I saw, and I will link to that in the podcast description below, you speak about the ultimate teachable moment in an emergency room when a patient recovers from a close call. The answer on that seems obvious to me. I almost died. I should probably listen to a doctor. That's the patient side. How do you feel about that moment as a physician? It is a very poignant uh, time to discuss this because we're all at home feeling stressed, somewhat panicky about this crisis. And what I'd like to present for your audience is just how to take some time while you're at home. I mean, we have this new stay-at-home lifestyle where you can really focus on your health more than any time in recent decades. I think the whole country is focused on health and wellness. We are given this huge opportunity to look at our own healthy lifestyle and think about things we can do to maintain our health, to maybe improve our health. One of the things about catching viruses, if you have a weakened immune system, you're more prone to catching an infection. You don't have to have uh, cancer or some serious disease, just a number of the normal lifestyle factors like high stress, drinking too much alcohol, being overweight, eating unhealthy food, all of these things weaken our immune systems and put us more prone to catching infections. So I think that's one of the things I'd like to emphasize to your group today. That sounds great. Obviously, our, our healthcare workers are, are on the front line, and they're probably facing more exposure to COVID than, say, somebody that might just be out and about doing some essential errands. Are there some tips and tricks you might be able to share about transitioning from your work environment to your home environment that would promote health and, and well-being? Uh, basically, you know, if, if there is a chance of infection, how can you leave the majority of that at the office and not bring it home with you? Uh, first, I'd like to say we do need to be very conscious of our environment, but not to be panicky about it. Obviously, I'm working in a highly infectious area in the emergency room, yet even there, when we're taking precautions, we're feeling confident that we're not going to catch the infection. So, your audience can go to work and feel safe as long as they're taking precautions. Cleaning down your workstation, of course, when you get there, keeping the social distancing we've heard so much about, and going home from work. I'll, I'll tell you what we do 
in the emergency room, of course, where we've been exposed potentially to virus all day long, we have uh, a second set of clothes and shoes in our car where we're going to change before we get into the car. So you can either do this in the bathroom at your work or wherever it's convenient for you, but you don't want to change once you get home. You don't want to contaminate your car. So changing the clothes and shoes before you get home is the idea. Now, shoes you think of as being a, a dirty surface, which walking through potential virus all day long. Before you get to your car, walking on the grass, wiping the bottom of the shoes that way is very effective. Uh, having a separate bag with your clean clothes in, and then a, another bag that you're going to put dirty clothes in. And then after you do change, of course, washing your hands again with the usual soap material before you get in the car. Think of wiping down your phone, your keys, and leave that last wipe before you actually get in your car and start driving home. And that should give you a feeling of confidence that you're not bringing it with you. That makes sense. But maybe it's not something that's normally considered, you know, in a, in a small office during, I would say, you know, normal, healthy times. Uh, you had mentioned bagging up the clothes that you wore at work, which would kind of segue into laundry, which usually happens at home. Uh, so do you have any advice on home health habits that could be effective immediately and, and also in the long term? Because I know that's something that you really advocate strongly for. All right. Well, let's just talk first about the laundry. When you do bring your uh, work clothes home, simply putting them in the washing machine with hot, normal soap water is all you need to do. Nothing special about that. The thing that I would like to point out is changing our behavior while we're at home. Feeling that you are hopeless against this virus is a stressful event. We're hearing bad news every day. It's worrying most of us quite a bit. Because there's nothing we feel we can do, it builds a sense of stress in our bodies and perhaps even depression. Well, there is stuff you can do to help combat this feeling of hopelessness. And one is to use this as a huge, rare opportunity to actually inspire yourself to healthier behavior in exercise, what you eat, weight reduction, stress management, maybe you have a problem with smoking or alcohol, spiritual support, and also engaging your entire family into these better health habits. Now, if you don't take this opportunity to do it, it's very easy to have the opposite happen, to get into a feeling of laziness, just watching TV all the time, laying down, uh, eating snack foods, drinking more alcohol, actually gaining weight and probably becoming depressed and stressed about the situation. Uh, we should all realize that we are focused now on health, and this is a huge opportunity to motivate us to become healthier. Uh, despite all the sadness and the economic hardships we're feeling, this is time to face the reality that the behavior 
is the main cause of disease in our society, not just dealing with coronavirus, but the long-term lifestyle choices that we make every day have a huge impact on the potential we're going to develop cardiac disease, diabetes, cancer, stress, back pain, all of these things that uh, we tend to look on as just being part of life. Well, in reality, the vast majority of them are preventable conditions. You had mentioned that during our, our pre-interview. You said that, uh, I believe the, the number you gave was 80% of the situations that you see in an emergency room could be avoided. Obviously, that's things like, you know, don't be careless with a chainsaw. But you just mentioned long-term health things, you know, diabetes, cancer. Any advice, easy advice on perhaps some healthy habits to avoid some of those long-term conditions? Well, sure. This has been a huge re-understanding of preventable disease that has happened over the last couple of decades. We used to think stroke, cancer, heart attacks, that's just your genetics, good luck or bad luck. Well, now we understand that probably the majority of it depends on our lifestyle factors, things that we have under our control. Of course, the genetics you're born with are, are what they are, but we used to think that that's something we couldn't change. Well, now we understand that for some issues, you actually can change your genetics. Best example is diabetes that happens to adults. Uh, you may have the genetics that say you're going to become diabetic, but it depends on your weight and your diet whether you actually become diabetic. Diabetics can actually lose their diabetes by losing weight and eating healthier. So that's one example of your lifestyle effects. And of course, heart attacks depends on your weight, your exercise, your smoking, same with strokes. Are you controlling your blood pressure? Are you doing things that uh, help reduce blood pressure? Not even just taking medicines, but increasing activity. Back pain is one of the biggest creators of sadness and, and pain in our society, yet back pain is largely preventable by increased activity, concentrating on your posture, and maintaining a good weight. So, uh, I like to say that, you know, depending on which emergency your room uh, you work in, the vast majority of conditions we see are preventable. And changing behavior is the way that most of us can improve not only the duration of our lifestyle, but the happiness in our lifestyle. Substance abuse, depression, all of these things you know, by paying better attention to them, we can improve them. And, and this is the perfect opportunity now that we have become a stay-at-home society, at least for the present time, to focus on these things. I like to say each of us should analyze ourselves and choose three things because we're all individuals. We all have different things. Maybe for one person, it's smoking or too much alcohol. For another person, it's too much stress, not enough sleep. Another person, it may be too much junk food. Choose three things in your life that you really want to work on, 
write them down, keep a little bit of a, a diary or a journal so that you can put some reasons down why you want to make the changes and things you want to do to help make the changes and set this up as a model for your family members as well. That makes sense. It's very easy to, on New Year's Day, to, to get that New Year's resolution. And a lot of people say, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to quit smoking. But I know personally, I'm guilty of, I, I never write down a plan like you mentioned. And, and I do think that really when you put the extra thought into it and really sit and think why you want to make those changes, they're more likely to come to fruition. Would you agree? Yeah, and New Year's resolutions is a great example. I mean, we tend to have all tried this sometime in our life. Maybe uh, many of us have given up on making New Year's resolutions because they typically don't work. You have good intentions, and then after a month or a couple of months, you've given up on them. Writing it down is probably essential that you have something written down that you make a little bit of detailed plan on this. Now, I have a couple of TED Talks that are out there on YouTube that people can look at where I've gone into quite a bit of detail. A TED Talk is a 15-minute video YouTube presentation where they can just see how it's done in detail just by uh, putting my name, Dr. Rassler, in the search bar. But what I'd like to focus on is that we're in a new era of understanding how people can change their behavior. There are techniques that you can use that make it easy. Uh, you can go to any Borders type of bookstore or Amazon and get a book on behavior modification that's not long or detailed that can help you in simple techniques to change your behavior. It's much easier now to do this. We, we understand that the brain can have new neural connections made and we can extinguish old bad habits simply by putting a little bit of concentration on our behavior, on thinking about how we're doing things, on paying a little bit of attention to the subconscious ability of ourselves to control our behavior. Uh, New Year's resolutions, we do it one time and hope it's going to work. We need to put a little bit of effort into this, but we can be so much more successful with it now understanding these techniques. Now, I see patients in the emergency room who are there with some kind of critical illness. Either they're having chest pain or, or trouble breathing, and I call this a near-death experience where the person is highly motivated at that period of hours to stop doing whatever bad habit they might have been engaged in. They're a captive audience for the type of information I want to give them, and they really want to make the changes. Now, next day or a couple of days later, they're not so motivated. But during that one period of time when they're highly motivated, this is a beautiful time to get someone to say, hey, quit smoking right now, do it. And quite often, patients will just quit smoking cold turkey. It is a very successful time to make a major change. Now, most of us don't go into this near-death experience where we're that highly motivated, but you can create that 
near-death experience in your own mind by taking a few minutes and visualizing. So in some of the TED Talks I've done, I've given ways to visualize negative concepts like chest pain or dying of cancer and positive visualization techniques to think about how nice life could be if you could lose that weight or if you could stop drinking alcohol so much, whatever your individual problem may be. It does require a little bit of effort, but it can be so much more successful than you may have found your past uh, not being able to accomplish the changes we all want to make. I learned something interesting right there. Um, you, you had mentioned forming new neural pathways in the brain and that you know bad habits are like a well-used highway in those neural connections and forging a new one is, is possible. I wasn't aware of that. And I, I think the science behind that, that's pretty advanced stuff. Can you talk a little bit about how those neural pathways are established? Well, the neural pathways you can just think of as a bad habit. You've been doing something the same way for years, which is either you're lazy and you don't exercise, or maybe you communicate with other people in a mean or stressful way. All these are habits, and they build on each other so that laziness becomes a bigger problem and then it starts obesity and it starts depression. So all these things are connected, of course. But what you want to do is realize that this is under your control, of course. That is the first issue. You have control over it. Two, making a plan, writing something down and focusing a little bit on the changes you're going to make. I mean, we've all tried doing stuff like this before, whether we were successful or not. Take some time to think about what you've tried in the past, what worked, what didn't work. So you don't just do the same thing again and fail again. You want to pay attention to things that have helped in the past and maybe not try things that didn't work in the past. Writing it down, of course, is very important. And then there's different techniques. Of course, there's cold turkey. You can take the gradual baby steps method. There's the pain pleasure model. There's aversion therapy, substitution, meditation, hypnotism, peer support, and belief in a higher power. Each of us are individuals. Some things work better for other people. You know yourself. You know what type of things are more likely to work. But getting... Uh, a book or a plan or something on the internet where you can read and just get a little information on how to accomplish. This is not something I can explain in 15 minutes. It does take a little longer than that. But knowing that the opportunity is there, and now that you are home with all this free time that you're not usually spending going out, uh, is a perfect time to begin. Better than sitting at home watching uh, another movie. Also, think about what kind of stuff you're sticking in your brain. I mean, are you watching negative news? Are you getting too much coronavirus information that's causing you to feel depressed? Maybe you should be watching some educational TV with your family versus binge watching some Netflix that has no real value to you. 
So instead of turning on the 87th episode of The Sopranos, maybe they could check out one of your TED Talks. Yeah, exactly. I have a question for you. So to kind of segue back into the office environment, obviously, you know, the increased stress during this time can cause issues inside of the office. So what advice would you give for our our non-clinical heroes and heroines that really need to bear up under increased pressure while continuing to be effective at work? People that are working in an office environment right now, first off, we should feel somewhat happy that we even still have a job. So look at that as a positive. So many people are out of work. But if you are one of the office workers involved in healthcare, what we do in the emergency room is, is look at an emergency room teamwork style to your job. Put the focus on the, the patients, the people that are coming into your office to get seen for whatever their issue is. That should be the focus of what we're trying to perform for. In the ER, we have nurses, doctors, uh, therapists, technicians. Each one of them has a specific function to perform for the benefit of the patient. The doctor is not the only one who is important. Everybody has an important role to play. Everybody knows what their role is, and everybody is valued. So using that approach to your own office Everybody should have value. Everybody should be emphasized that they are performing an important function. Understand that everybody is in increased stress these days because of the concern for the virus. So some people may be coming in with feelings of depression or stress or being on edge or being angry. Maybe they didn't sleep well. Understanding this, giving people some leniency for perhaps they're not having a good day. Uh, job burnout is a huge issue these years where everybody needs to feel that under stress of what's going on, we may be getting too much fear and stress in our lives. And this affects our job performance, the longevity that we're going to be able to keep doing this type of job, and it certainly affects patient satisfaction. So recognizing that each of us can be under more stress than usual, trying to think of this as a team effort with the patient or the customer as your focus, and then having some time off during your day, perhaps lunch hour, where you can go outside on a beautiful day to have some time by yourself with social distancing, of course, appreciate nature, appreciate the serenity of having some time to relax. Uh, All of these are more important now than usual. My grandmother used to say that uh, sunshine was one of nature's great remedies. I I think she would agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the the questions I have, Dr. Rasler. Is there any additional information you'd, you'd like to share with us? When I mentioned before to choose three things that are uh, specific to you to work on changing and writing them down, understand that issue that you want to work on, such as 
I want to lose weight or I want to start exercising, I'd say choose three things because they're typically all connected anyway. If, if you want to lose weight, you've got to exercise. You've got to think about what you eat. You've got to think about the type of food you eat. It's not just lose weight. If you're under too much stress, uh, you need to think about different ways of behaving with people. Exercise is an incredibly important thing to reduce stress. How about your sleep? Are you not getting enough sleep? Maybe your problem is alcohol, too much alcohol, and maybe you'll be incredibly happy if you can just stop that one thing. Maybe for you, one thing is enough, but for most of us, choose three things that you want to work on. Don't choose small things, choose big things. Plan to make some major changes now that you have this opportunity. There are so many helpful techniques out there. And model this behavior for your family so they can help you with it and hopefully join you in improving themselves. I agree. And I think it's excellent advice. So I I think we're going to wrap up. Dr. Rasler, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know you've got a Things are things are absolutely crazy in in the emergency field right now. So so having your time today is certainly appreciated. I'd like to uh, wish all of our listeners the best of health and wellness. And that concludes this special edition of Medical Management Radio. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Tune in for new shows on the third Wednesday of each month. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management, home of the nationally accredited Certified Medical Manager. Professional credentials matter. Learn more at PACOM.com. That's P-A-H-C-O-M.com.